This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined on our channels today by a fellow mental health and recruitment champion which I think is how we connected. This is Simon Lewis who is the founder of Members Only and also a fellow podcaster with the Squad host I think it is. Introduce yourself to our audience today Simon. Hello Leisha. Uh, yeah as you quite rightly said I'm Simon Lewis. I founded the Members Only Recruitment Leader Network Way back in, so way back, way back in 2018, where that really came to fruition in 2019. Um, before that, I had run a job board, still do, in actual fact, only marketing jobs, and um, I had run and exited two recruitment businesses. So I fell into recruitment like everybody else did, um, having trained to be a journalist, and I worked on the Sunday Times and the Sun newspaper, not many people know about, mm-hmm. um, before going to university. And that is sort of my my potted history, if you like. Really nice blended, very good elevator pitch, actually. I'm very impressed with that, very concise. And I think I'm I think it, it gives you real credence actually in terms of what you can offer recruitment businesses who obviously come into your members network because you've come from all sides, you've started a recruitment business, you've grown it, you've exited the business, but also the marketing element, and I know we're going to come on to this, I'm not jumping ahead, the marketing side of what we do is actually has become much more prominent, certainly over the last sort of half decade or so. So as we record this now in May 2021, we're all ready, pivoted to get in June 2021, get out there and really start living again. So hopefully by the time this goes live, we'll all be uh, much more sort of community-based as opposed to being isolated. But one of the things that we're going to talk about is the unprecedented number of startups since March 2020, which is absolutely phenomenal. So as in, in the position that you're in, quite a privileged position, what are your observations? And also, what are the reasons so many people have started up? And is there a secret formula for success for those who are starting up or thinking of starting up to ensure that their businesses are successful? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, what a lovely, lovely convoluted question for me, Leisha. Um, okay, so first of all, yeah, there's been loads, thousands of startups, right? So if you look at January, year on year, there's always startups, right? Look at February, always startups. So there's, there's nothing new about that. But there are, I mean, my rudimentary search um, were spotted 1,200 that had registered within six months of the back end of 2020 on Companies House. Um, a little bit of due diligence has discovered that roughly 20% of those are actually trading. So, um, you know, but that there were more that I just didn't get around to doing. So that in its, you know, I mean, that's a real sort of small view of it. But so the reasons why, <clears throat> I think the reasons are multifarious, aren't they? Aside from the, the, bar- the, 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 the lower barrier to entry now, I mean, it's always been low barrier to entry anyway, but what yeah. do you need? A laptop, a phone and a house, right? Yeah. And you've already yeah. got all those three things anyway. Yeah. So that's it. Okay, so that, that's the first and foremost thing. Um, but that, that in itself doesn't answer the question as to whether or not you're going to succeed or not. Um, so the reasons for that are, are because I think furloughs obviously played a massive part. And there are many people, you know, wait and see what happens in September. There'll be even more in September. And many of these businesses that are set up now that are, are registered on companies' house that aren't necessarily trading now, they just they just put a bookmark for when they're ready to do it, right? And yeah. if you're a, a half-decent biller, half-successful recruitment a, a consultant even, not even a decent one, a half-successful one, um, and you've been on furlough, you've been made redundant, realistically what are your choices now your choices right now in may 2021 are significantly better than they were 
in December 2020, right? In that Hobson's choice, i.e. there is no choice, what are you going to do? You know how to recruit. You've already got the tools, set up a business, which costs nothing. Mm-hmm. So that, that's part of the reason why. The second part of the reason why is that there are going to be businesses that have been treating their staff incorrectly for whatever reason. They may have been on, and I'm not going to cast aspersions here, but potentially they were on furlough but still being asked to work um, and really didn't sit their moral code. And so... <clears throat> when the time is right, they've left us up on the run. Now, those people can be good, really, really good billers. Now, that comes on to my other points. I think that probably answers the question as to why I think, generally speaking, there's been a, a, an accentuation in a number of agencies that have, that have set up. But none of that is a measure of success, and none of that will guarantee success either. My biggest concern for any startup organisation, and I will go back to my days when I set up on my own. I've been working on my own. I'm for myself since I was 25. Wow. And there's one thing that I can go back and look at now and wish I'd done, it's set up the back office and the operations um, correctly. And I don't think many do that right. No. So they forget, and it's because it's not, it's not, well, it is ignorance, but it's not, it's not naivety necessarily. Yeah. It's more the fact that they've not been involved in that process ordinarily. They're not, they're not being involved in operations. They don't know um, how to negotiate with job boards. They don't know what a back office suite looks like. If they're placing temps, who the hell finances those temps? What about marketing? Well, marketing's generally always been done by somebody else, and now you've got to do it yourself. Where do you start? Who does the social media? Before you know it, this thing is, shit, I've got enough hours in the day to do any of this. And so what you do is you default to what you know you're good at, which is selling and recruiting, and all the rest of it gets left. But then what happens is it drifts out, and then yeah. at some point, and at some point it's subjective to whatever it is you're doing and who you are, it all comes washing up onto the shore. Mm. And then you're like, fuck. Yeah. And that's it. That's not even including the rebates you've got to pay back. I was just about, <laughs> well, hang on. Never mind rebates. Have you managed to send an invoice out yet? <laughs> have you actually got signed terms back? Everything that you've said there actually just giving me some anxiety because quite a high level of anxiety because that's all the things I have to do. And it's I absolutely everything you just said there if I get asked all the time about you know the history of key recruitment I set it up literally on the back of my first child being born wanted flexibility at the time that wasn't a thing you just didn't get flexibility and what did I I like my my little retort is what do you need a phone a laptop and a chair that's it but actually you're totally right in my huge piece of advice to anybody because I all the reasons that you've given about why people are considering moving jobs now the reasons you've given you know immoral business owners who have either you know used the furlough scheme and basically abused it and committed fraud therefore uh be they're not being looked after and that could be that they're being forced to work go into the office when they don't want to now or or they're not doing the blend whatever it might be the the usual hygiene factors but you absolutely have to set your stall out if you even if you're just going to stay as a lifestyle business you you still need to have a good accountant you still need to have a good website you still need to have somebody that understands your brand, how to do marketing, a CRM system, all these things. They're all full-time jobs. So I'm 100%. so glad you said all that. Yeah, no, look, I, and you, you're 100% spot on there. And the, the thing that people have, unfortunately, there's a dichotomy that goes on in their brain, right? So most people that set up a business, like a lot of those that have done over the pandemic and during that, and probably over this year also, will not have investment. And so they'll be using the money that they've got if they've got any in their bank. If they're a typical recruiter who only cares about sales, they won't have any money in their bank either, right? So the thought of 
going out and spending money on a lawyer or an accountant or somebody giving them financial advice or a business consultant who's going to talk to you about their tech stack or somebody who's going to look after their marketing just like it doesn't even enter the equation they just can't do it can't afford it and the thing and and that's i mean it's through no fault necessarily and it's not laying any blame or anything like that but the point is is that you have to you have to you have to find that money to spend to get it all sorted or else you're going to be paying 10 times that amount yeah. down the line and spending twice the amount of time if not more than that trying to organize all those things that you've forgotten about so um <clears throat> and this, this isn't true of everybody so i'm stereotyping the, the every single startup which isn't fair because that isn't necessarily the case in all instances and we've got members in our network who value the network because mm -hmm it does all those things for them. So they join right. and they save all that time. They save all that money. They save all those, all those mistakes because there are various members in our network who've made all those mistakes. Right. Um, and, and that's why they're joining. So what's the, what's the typical profile of somebody in your network then? What's, what, what would you say is a typical member? We've, well, we've got the, so the, the typical, so the, the, the general demographic would be a, uh, a solopreneur or SME size organization. So with an SME, I, I, I'm looking at in our sector, somewhere between five and 20-ish yeah. recruiters, right? And not many go beyond that. You know that out of the 40,000 yeah. in the UK, not many are beyond that in numbers. We yeah. do have large organizations in it and they're great because they offer some mentorship and to those that are coming through and want to scale their business, so they're brilliant. But in the main, it's um, you've got a 50-50 gender mix for starters, which is brilliant. We Amazing. cover 32 different industry sectors from like, agriculture through to zoology, and it's a complete mix across the UK. So it is, it's wonderful in that, but because the, 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 the sector split is so diverse, mm. there's no real sense of competition. So everybody's happy to share that information. I just got a sense of the, this collaboration. It's a great mindset. Huge collaboration. So when someone says, like, I'm on this particular CRM, can anybody recommend another one? You're going to get people say, yep, this, this, this. But, but they also tell the reasons why. And that's really, really important. Um, look, we use CRM because it's the hub of everything, isn't it? Right. Um, but, that, but it's everything else as well. I've got this legal issue. Or more important than that, this comes back to the point we're talking about the operation stuff. I'm looking to sort my legal shit out. How do I go about doing that? Yeah. Where do I go? Yeah. Is there somebody you can recommend? That's how that works. That's brilliant. So in, on that basis, obviously, you're not, you're not going to necessarily pinpoint any of your named members, so to speak, because obviously it's confidential. But are there, in your observations, in your professional opinion, are there certain things that people will do successfully to actually make sure that their businesses don't just become this, you know, like you say, low barrier to entry, they're a fly-by-night. They're not going to be around this time next year. What do people need to do to ensure they're thriving post-COVID? Yeah, I mean that's a great question. It's also it's a it's relatively subjective to an extent, mm -hmm. as in what sector you're working yeah, in, of course. Um, and whether or not you've chosen to do perm or temp um, temp contract. Most start off from perm, of course, uh, but the quicker, in my opinion, the quicker you can get to a temp freelance contract base, whatever that word or phraseology you want to use, the better. So you've got a blended approach. What I'm seeing a lot of now, and the, the, the people that do this are the most contented in our network, are those that have gone and switched as far as they can out of pure contingency mm -hmm. into some blend, if not fully, into retained or project-based um talent partner 
whatever phrase you want to use, okay. style of recruitment. Now, it isn't easy for all because it's a mindset shift as much as it is an yep. actual technical shift. Oh. But the ones that are thriving right now and not just getting by are the ones that have done that. And they've spent money um, and they might have gone and gone on a training course. They probably have. Yep. And we know where you can go for those, right? Um, and they are coming back with results. And for that initial investment, they're now getting 10 times a return. But more importantly in all of that, and I can't emphasize this enough, is what that's done to their mindset. And we've gone through as the industry, you know, you referenced before we started, and I'm in the same boat, I just didn't say at the time, two recessions, right? Yeah. And the one that we've just gone through was as bad as any of that, if not yeah. worse. Yeah. And, yeah. and along the way, we've all been knocked, all our confidence has been knocked, our mindset has had to redevelop into yeah. a new thing. But if you're getting clients going, <clears throat> I'll give you some money up front before you even started a job, what could not be, well, that's, that's just a golden, isn't it? I'm yes. sure, sure, that's, that's, uh, that, that's the sort of utopia. So that that is what I would say is the absolute, without question, mm. people that have gone and done that are doing the best in our network. And when I say the best, they are the most positive and know that they're now on the march, on the yeah. march forward. Outside of that, I mean, it is back to those operations and setting your yeah. stall out. As you so said, information makes you've got your pillars. Is it? Yeah. And then collaboration. Um, and that is my, you know, doing what I do, of course. That's a word that I probably use more <laughs> often than, than I should. I need to think of, go back to my journalism days and try and think of a new word for it. But effectively, those people that are prepared and willing and allowing themselves um, to collaborate with others and accept what they're saying um, yes. and give back um yeah. they're the ones that are doing the best right now yeah no absolutely and i love that i love that in fact there's a couple of c's in there there's contentment i don't think that gets talked about enough and ultimately i think that the art of true contentment is you know yes you it, and that's also then stripping the layer into what does success look like success isn't just about money it's not just about being the most profitable recruitment company it's actually about being content and enjoying what you do <laughs> surely that's why we do it um but i love you know i've got another word for collaboration because i'm a huge collaborator and i collaborate with my competitors all the time it's community what does community actually mean mm -hmm. it's where you support one another it's where you go out of your way to help somebody else altruistically but you know that ultimately the universe will pay it back and i just think that's just remarkable and wonderful that there's people like you supporting advocating and creating communities as you, as you have done so now i'm very intrigued because when we spoke off camera about what we were going to talk about today, we want to talk about this new wave of recruiter. So what, what do we need to be prepared for? What do you mean? We interrupt this episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to bring you a message from our wonderful sponsors over at Hoxo Media. Now, recruitment agencies invest heavily in LinkedIn licenses because ultimately it's where we're all at. Given that we spend an average one to two hours a day on our phones, the rest of the time is spent scrolling through LinkedIn, looking for unicorn candidates and target clients. Now, if we look at the recruitment training programs that are available, they tend to be focused around outbound phone sales and leadership skills. So how do you, our listener, maximize the huge investment of time and money that is spent on LinkedIn? Well, this is where Hoxo Media is solving this problem for hundreds of recruitment agencies, and we want to share this message with you. Their academy program allows recruiters across the globe being coached in how to optimize their LinkedIn profile, creating daily habits for building out that unbelievable audience, that target audience. 
where they're producing their own valuable content that engages the right people and ultimately drives content into inbound sales conversations. As I mentioned, they're working with hundreds of recruitment agencies and there are over 300 recruiters every month enrolling on the academy, which enables them to increase their knowledge in how to basically develop the best content and maximize the results from LinkedIn. And to be honest with you, the testimonies have been absolutely incredible. So by enrolling in the academy with just one single payment, you can train your entire business for 12 months, which is why I'm so excited to share this message with you, our listener. So if you're a traditional recruiter like me and you're an owner of a business or you've got teams working for you who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates, then really you do need to listen to this message and get in touch. You might find that you are using LinkedIn, but perhaps just for sharing jobs on there and you struggle generally for um, original content ideas and ultimately the confidence to actually know what is going to be good content for driving that inbound business. So I would love you to speak to Hoxo Media. Drop me a DM either on the link on this message on this episode or send me a WhatsApp and I can give you more information on how your agency can benefit from joining this program. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So uh, it, it's, it actually relates to the point you just made there about not just all being about cash. And um, I'm going to use the P word of purpose, which okay. will come will come as no surprise to anybody that has followed my journey, certainly over the last 12 months. And actually, anybody that's known me for probably the last five years will know that that for me has been a key driver to, to everything that I've done. And those that work with me will know that that is true uh, to be the case. Anybody on the network knows that that is a message that I push all the time. And the reason for that is if at the end of the day, all you care about is the pound note, at some point, it won't. it, it just won't work. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that with the right purpose and the right values and the right vision, that money will come irrespective. But along the way, you'll bring brilliant people with you um, and you won't have to keep, you know, communicating and, and replacing yeah. and retention and recruitment is, is difficult, right? So the new wave of person coming through to our industry now um, is the Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Zoomers, whichever phrase you want to use. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, so these guys are at the moment 24 right tops so anything between I think it's 16 and 24 but from our sector now you're looking at people who are going to be available around about 21 22 if they finish university or if they're not doing that the right levels are going to be slightly younger of course and you know in what you do Lisa you are you are now probably the most candidate driven market that you could that there is ever probably never seen anything like it right now so what's going to happen then <clears throat> what's going to happen is a business leader's going to look and go right i've tried getting that so-called silver bullet individual mm -hmm. with two years experience so they don't come with very much baggage they know exactly what they're going to do the training is minimal and they're going to come in kick it off they've probably got some clients spring along that right they're not out there you know they're not out there so what happens they go fuck so what can we do then um well let's go and get some grads in yeah Right, it's gun trains and grads up there, maybe like we used to do in the old days, or um, because we haven't got any choice. Okay, now yeah. either one of those is it, irrespective, that is what's going to happen. And I'm hearing it all the time. We're going down the grad route. Mm, yeah. Right, nothing wrong with that. In fact, I'd encourage it. However, one key note of caution grads, Gen Zers, do not give a toss about money. No. And 
again, it's a bit of a stereotype, but in the main, all the Gen Zers that I know, and I've got three of them working with me right now, and they're still at university, do not give a toss about money. They don't. They care about what it is that they're going to do that is going to affect their career. Now, these guys already know where they want to be in five years' time in the main. They've got businesses. They're working towards the business they want to aspire to work at, right? So they already know they want to work at Facebook or they want to work at um, LinkedIn or wherever it might be, Uh, whatever. (laughs) I don't don't know that LinkedIn's good in this this environment or not, Um, but they already know that's where they want to go, right? Now, some of them obviously don't, like most people, or people come out of university and they fall into recruitment. However, the one thing they absolutely will not stand is working for a business that has not got a purpose or a vision or values that match their own. There's, yeah. it, there's no compromise with it yeah. and we've all hired people and the question in the interview process used to be um what will you do with your money like what we spend your money on that kind of that was it you know and the answer to that question may or may not determine whether or not they got the job ask that to these guys no that's one yeah. Even yeah so what does that mean to your business culturally that could be a huge shift yeah. from what you're what you set out to do what you're used to um and what you now have to do in order to bring these people in and retain them and that's really really crucial mm. and then of course that's got a blend within the people that you might already have in your business and if you're a if you're a solopreneur an independent trader that may or may not make any difference to you but most people mm. set out with some sort of vision to scale yeah absolutely you need to start that right now that purpose-driven environment even if you're on your own that's what you need to start with yeah, it's, you know, it's funny because you've, you've recorded the new wave, but I'm actually an old wave because I've never been driven by the money. And I can remember having, you know, candidates that would come to me and they, and they were similar mindset to me and they would be rejected from my clients because obviously I'm a rectorec because they weren't money driven. They were driven by doing the job. They, they were driven by getting people the right job. And you'd be like, you know, the retort would be, oh, tell them to go and get a job in the job centre. And you'd think, why though? That's ultimately what we do. And I think finding your why as a human being is where you will then find your contentment. And that's regardless of what your job is. So I think more people will shift from this kind of notion that it's it's just marketing rhetoric. We just have to have, you know, on the on the wall what our why is and what our, our mission is. And it's something that the chief exec has, has told us. But actually understanding what your purpose is with, will define not only the people that you then attract in the Gen Z, but also the people that you want to retain who are in the key leadership roles. So I think it's it cascades across the whole sector, regardless of whether you're listening to this as a solopreneur or as you know, a startup yourself, and you've you've gone through the last twelve months thinking, right, what do I do next? And and actually, there's no right or wrong to that purpose, is there? There's, we're not saying it has to be this. It's your purpose has to be unique to you. And just hang on one sec. Um. So yeah, I I, I just thinking it's got to be something so unique to your business that there's no right or wrong, is there? No right or wrong purpose. There's no right or wrong purpose, absolutely not. And, you know, everyone peddling out the same values, that's no good at all. When, especially in an environment now, we're all trying to find a, some sort of point of difference um, yeah. in, a, in a world where, well, in a sector where there really isn't one. Um, so what's the point in everybody peddling out the same same values? There is no point in that. But th- th- it starts with you and it starts with the why and why are you doing it? And someone said to me, why are you doing all this? I went, oh, you know, just because it's gets me the money to go and do it. I said, no, no, that's not why, is it? Why, why, why? Why do you get up in the morning? Oh, no, because I've got to feed the kids. That's not a why either. What is it now? 
what I ended up doing was, it's because I fucking want to live in Greece at some point in my life. Mm -hmm. Right, now we're starting somewhere. Now, wow. let's backtrack that, backtrack. right? Let's go, how long, and then it's a question, how long are you going to get there? How long does it take? Oh, I want to do it when I'm 50. Right, okay, that's great. So that's a X number of years plan. I won't say how many. Um, <laughs> Not that many for me either. <laughs> <laughs> and you backtrack. And then it, eventually when you do that and you get to the point where you go, now I understand what yeah. I why. What, so how are you going to do that? And who are you going to have involved along the way to allow you to do that it's a completely yeah. different mindset the way that you look and these and these kids i'm not calling kids because they are in relative terms <laughs> they're, well, they are they're kids they, um, have you have you read stephen bartlett's book happy sexy millionaire yeah so the the chapter that i i read twice i had to read it twice and is now you know i think he's the most remarkable man i really do and he's now just been announced and by the time we release this it's it's pretty good to be public knowledge he's the new dragon on dragon's den very exciting but the the chapter on time and he talks about if you had a visual sun timer that was ticking away the time that you had left on earth, which made me go exceptionally goosebumpy. But, you know, let's follow me with this. Stick, stick with me. Where would you choose to spend your time? And then coming back from what you've just said. So I know that for me, as I had to the latter part of my 40s, where do I want to be in my 50s? I know that for me, time, my time is my purpose. I want to spend my time with the people that, you know, want freedom. It's all these things. I, I won't go through what my why is specifically because it's quite personal, isn't it? But as a business, my vision and my values have always been around getting the right people into their right jobs. And it's never been about money. It's never been about profit because I think that by doing that, I will earn money and I will earn profit. And so I just think that the new wave of recruiter is no longer this disingenuous, horrific stereotype of Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, this still exists. They're always going to be out there. But to transform your business, if you're listening to this, please take Simon's advice on board. This new generation that we all have to attract, you know, how are we going to engage with them? How are we going to talk to them through TikTok, through Instagram, through Snapchat? You know, they're not, they don't want these sort of generic bullshit job adverts that, you know, OTA, watch USP. They don't talk in that language anymore. They want to understand what are you doing for your community? What are you doing for diversity and inclusion? What are you doing to help champion mental well-being, physical health, nutrition? What are you doing about families? You know, it, it, th these things are so important to them. You know, social justice. I mean, I'm a parent and I think you're a parent and you, you're employing young people. These are the things that really drive them not just how much money they're going to own. You have basically just gone inside my brain, haven't you, there? That's <laughs> really scary. <laughs> Literally, that was word for word how I, how I could have phrased it. And I could not agree with you anymore. Um, and it's interesting, the culture thing, because <clears throat> cultures, all cultures are different, right? And, and it doesn't have to look like um, anybody else's either. Um, and and let's, let's not be lazy and stereotype that the, the culture of a recruitment business but um everything you said there is so true to any of these gen z people coming through that don't care about a friday piss up nope for example nope. and they are massively inclusive and i've never known anything like it and it's not 
one person happens to be a flag bearer for the rest. They all are. Everyone all I've them. I work with are all that way. Um, mm -hmm. And so what does that mean for your culture? You, you've got no choice but to look at it. Um, if you have a, have an opportunity uh, or, or want to sell your business, which most people do. So here's the thing. There's, uh, it's either Forbes or something like that have done a, done a survey and purpose-driven businesses are a significantly higher proportion likely to be sold than a profit-only um, business. So if that doesn't tell you anything, you know, about changing your culture, probably nothing will. So if you're listening to this, you need to sort yourself, you need to sort yourselves out. You need to make sure that it, this is not just pie in the sky. And the only way you're going to do that is if you look around your room now of who you've got working for you, where is the inclusivity? Where is the diversity? Because you need to pause if you're just hiring the same people because you're never, ever going to attract the Gen Z. And don't, and don't be despondent about it because otherwise you are effectively going to become redundant in your market. It doesn't matter what your sector is. This, this applies to every single listener. You've got to make yourself applicable to the new generation coming through. Yeah, 100%. And it's a unique generation. And, I, and I've been in, in the industry long enough to know that. Uh, and part of the reason why I set up Memzola in the first place, because I got, frankly, very, very disengaged and disenchanted um, with what was becoming a completely siloed industry. I couldn't believe it. It just drew, drove me nuts. Everywhere I went, I was listening to the same people talk about the same stuff. And the trainers were training the training in the way they'd been trained by the trainers before those trainers. It was me <laughs> fucking bonkers. And so, but, you know, it was a sort of almost like, I mean, a one man mission might be stretching the point a little bit, but that, that it just wasn't, I mean, I, you know, I could have left the industry with no problem whatsoever at that point in my, in, in my life. But fortunately, you know, the silver lining of the last 18 months is that businesses have been forced to change. Yeah. And um, there is no better time to make those changes than now. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Well, I knew I knew it'd be a very insightful interview. So when we share this, it'll be sort of heading out of summer of 2021. What's what's the future looking like now that we can all get back together for members only? Is it going to be a lot more? I know that it's for those who are watching on YouTube and for those who are listening, you need to go and watch this on YouTube because Simon's got the most incredible backdrop, which I thought was just postcards, but apparently it's his own bespoke wallpaper of previous <laughs> events so what's what's the future looking like for you now that we're coming out of lockdown or out of right lockdown? so well you know like anybody that was a, a purely offline events business which effectively we were and um, we then became a purely online events business nothing new in that particularly um and crikey i never knew i was as good at tech as i turned out to be um <laughs> i'm not gonna do anybody's it is an upskill, absolutely. I didn't learn French, but I have upskilled my tech stuff. Um, however, like many people, the thing that I've missed the most is that like, is that face-to-face -face interaction, collaboration, communication, all that stuff. So we are, as a network, going to be blending now. So those, those events that we used to put on, which is a half-a-day event, right, or two hours, that we expected people to travel from, you know, Timbuktu to attend and then go back home in the afternoon, we're probably not going to do those anymore. Uh, we'll probably continue as they have been very successfully in an online capacity. However, um, you know, every one of our members, and I'm sure this rings true, the industry wants to get back out there. So we've got a um, we've, we've got a summer party in June. So by the time this goes out, maybe that will have happened and you probably yeah. would have seen uh, all the stuff around that. <clears throat> but we'll be from the end of the summer back out 
um, doing our, our mastermind sessions face-to-face. -face. We've got lots of different lunches and events lined up for the rest of this year and, and into 2022. But I think in terms of the industry, it'd be very interesting to see how that pans out with people getting together because we've been here long enough to know, Lisa, you could pretty much walk out of a venue and walk 10 minutes down the road and there'll be a recruitment event going on somewhere yeah. right, in, in the UK. Now, I don't know if this could be as prevalent. Probably not. So I think it'd be more destination driven. Mm. I'm going to go there. I'm going to spend all day there. I'm going to have a great time, learn loads, meet loads of people, and I'm going to go home. I don't think the fleeted hour and a half, two hour things that were that were going on all the time will be a thing no. anymore. We can do it but, going back to the time thing, our time, we, we know how to, we want to spend our time now. And that's why I love, um, people call it the new normal, this hybrid of, we we can do both. You know, I've embraced technology too. I'm total technophobe. I am of that age where I'm just like, you know, bring back your Nokia, um, you know, press send. Um, but we've all had to sort of become tech experts with it. But yeah, I mean, I think that, um, I think the future is definitely brighter for our sector. And for people like you, you are raising up our industry, which is why I was so keen to get you on our channel, because it is down to people like you and the, and the memberships that you have, that it's taking, elevating our, this new era of recruitment from just being these kind of transactional people to actually, we are business partners. We are professionals who change people's lives. That's what we do. And whatever your purpose is, when you finish listening to this episode today, when you sh when we share it, please tell us what your purpose is. Comment and tell us what's your purpose because we want to help share your value purpose to our community as well. So thank you so much for joining us today. I knew it would be fantastic, Simon. We really appreciate your time. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me on, Alicia. <laughs>